0: The only thing that is very constant in crisis is change. You have to change everything. Anytime you're facing a crisis, you need to keep changing. Change your process, change your ideas, change how you're approaching customers.
1: Just keep changing, keep learning, keep growing. The most important thing in crisis is change. Oh. is the Next Level on Purpose podcast with Joanne Muturi. This is a podcast for trailblazing professional women who are feeling disillusioned in their nine-to-fives and are looking for so much more because they know they were created for so much more. Today, I am very excited because I have a trailblazing professional woman who was created for so much more, and I am so excited to bring my amazing, amazing, amazing guests. Without much ado, I'm going to introduce her. Alice is a very special person to me, but I want you to know who she is before we go into the nitty gritties. Alice, can I introduce you? Yes, please. I'm so excited to be here. Exciting. So who is Alice? Alice Mishira is a financial literacy and economic empowerment enthusiast. Prior to starting her own business consulting company, Mwangaza Africa Consultants, Alice was a service quality and compliance manager at the Kenya Commercial Bank Group Advantage Banking, Karen She's currently coordinating projects at Nylab Accelerator Limited. Her areas of expertise include and are not limited to client experience, risk and compliance, crisis management and recovery planning, financial management and entrepreneurship, resource mobilization, Alice is an economist from the University of Nairobi, and she's a certified trainer on crisis management and recovery planning by the International Trade Center, ITC. She is passionate, and I know this, extremely passionate about empowering youth and women for a sustainable future and creating a safe environment for young children to thrive. Alice is currently a mentor and a facilitator for a number of programs. Women Peace 360 by One Million Startups Organization, Academy for Women Entrepreneurs by the U.S. Embassy, Imarisha Program by Mowgli, Emerging Leaders Programme, By Imagine Leaders Foundation, she also serves as a board financial advisor for the Sanctuary of Treasures, an investor group and system hub, a leading technology company. Alice Mishira brings a wealth of experience. She has earned a reputation of providing skilled and practical business insights as a consultant. Just that CV alone can make me end the podcast. However, we have not even started because everything that I have just read out depicts the woman that Alice is. And I could talk on her behalf, but the reason she's here is so that we can be able to get to know her a little better. Alice, I want to take us back to the year 2016 when we met. And I want you, Alice, to give me a bit of background or to give our listeners as well a bit of background as to where your journey started. Where did we meet? And in what capacity did we meet before we get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation? Thank you so
0: much, Joanne. It's always a pleasure interacting with you. You're such an amazing coach. Um, so if you're going back to 2016, At that point, I was at the helm of my career in corporate. I was in banking in Karen. Karen, for those who don't know, Nairobi, Karen is a suburb in Kenya, in the capital city. And I was serving the influential, the the wealthy people, but I was empty. And at that point in my career and in my life, I needed to change something. I had no idea what needed to change. But I knew um, there's an emptiness I need to feel. And uh, with the corporate banking career, the pressure of um, the day-to-day, I reached out to one of my clients who happens to have known Joanne. And I, I was just sharing. And the client recommended Joanne as a life coach. And he was like, I think the way you help us Um, going out of your way to service, you would do more if you would work with a coach to enable you to understand your journey or clarify what your journey is so that as you go along, whether you'll continue in corporate or not, you have some kind of fulfillment in your life. And so this young gentleman introduced me to Joanne. And that's how we met with Joanne. We started our journey, slowly understanding myself, understanding what am I interested in doing, what drives me, clearing the gray areas in my life, what fulfills me. And long story short, after like three months of coaching, I was able to identify what is my key purpose in life. Well, who do I want to serve? Mm -hmm. And the people I really wanted to serve for me was youth and women. Because of youth, I want to change the future and how the future will look like. And then for women, I want to impact women with the information that I have, the experience, the expertise, the networks, so that they change the societies. I believe if you change one woman, you're changing a community. So, and with that, um, our journey of coaching started, and uh, here I am today.
1: The CV John read. I was like, "Is that me?" That is you. That is what is called the next level on purpose, and that's what our podcast is about. And Alice, Mm -hmm. you know, we speak to the disillusioned corporate woman. She's a trailblazer. Mm -hmm. She's achieved so many Mm -hmm. things in the corporate space. But like you said, she has a sense of emptiness. She feels there's something inside of her that is craving for more. Can you talk a little about what that emptiness felt like to you? On a personal level, I think for me,
0: um, at that moment, Mm -hmm. from other people's perspective, I was successful. I was a woman, I was a manager, I was at the helm of my career. I was serving whoever you dream of serving when you're coming to Kenya. But internally, I was feeling, okay, I've achieved all these things, but I still, I think I can do more. And um, my disillusionment was, if I'm to go out and do business, because I in the bank I was exposed to extreme different kinds of business and how they work. In my career in education, I've done economics, so I understand. But then how, which particular area would I go into and not feel like I'm working? Because I wanted to do something that is coming from within mm-hmm. and I'm not being pushed. I'm not being, I'm not doing it just for money. I'm, I'm doing it and I'm feeling fulfilled. And I'm not saying that my banking career was not fulfilling. I was paid well. I had allowances and everything, but it's that emptiness I'm talking about. And then trying to look at you're a mother, you have a family, you have no time to be home with your family because the career is so demanding. And for me, family is at the core. And that was one of the areas that really kept on feeling like it's being drained. And so um, I, I think fixing and fixing my intentionality and my, my, my desire, understanding and clarifying, what do I want? I want time to spend with my children in the morning. Yes. I want time to be home before they sleep. I want to raise my children. I don't want to hand them over to households. I, I also want to do business or I want to make money, but I want to make it on my terms yeah beautiful and and now getting clarity on which path do I go so that I get these things that are so dear to me that's that's why i needed a coach that was my gray area yeah
1: Excellent. So, what I'm getting from you is that your gray area was literally now that I am going to be transitioning into my next step, I need to know what that looks like and I want it to be completely in line with my values. And one of your critical values is family, right? Yes. What I'd like to speak to you, Alice, is you know, during this uh, period of coaching and mentorship, Mm -hmm. what came out very clearly to you as your next steps? How did you? how did you decide that, in, you know, and, and I want you to talk also to the fear mm-hmm. that in spite of the anxiety, because, you know, this was a completely new terrain, right? Yes, yes. It was a completely new environment for you moving from um, corporate into entrepreneurship. Yes. What are some of the things that you got through coaching that really forged that confidence for you to move ahead? Would you like to share that with us? Yes. Um, what coaching did for me is
0: two things. The first thing is it was able to working with you I was able to look at my life holistically. Okay? Not from a lens of she's a banker or she's a wife or she's a mother. It was a 360 look at my life. And then sitting down and having a meeting with myself and clarifying for every aspect whether it's health whether it's family whether it's love whether it's it's Money, whether it's career, growth, or business, whatever aspect of my life, what are the key non negotiables for me? What is it that I won't sign up for going forward? So, even if I'm going into business, how do I want my business world to look like? What is it that I'll say no to, even if it means losing money or losing um, an opportunity? So, coaching clarified what that is for me. What is it that you're called to do on earth? What is it that you can do without being paid? Mm -hmm. Like the people I talk to, I keep telling them, not everything I do, I get paid, but I'm so fulfilled doing it. And that was my hunger. That was my desire. Yeah. So uh, other than clarifying the values, it also gave me a true north. Like this is where I'm going. I'm not going this way. I'm not going this way. Whichever distraction comes, um, I always go back to, okay, what is my goal in the next five years? Where am I going? And this particular thing packaged as an opportunity, is it for me? Is it taking me there? If it's not, then I'm not interested. That clarity for me has worked. And it's difficult to find that clarity without somebody holding your hand and holding you accountable to what you desire and trying to bring it out from you because it's hidden somewhere inside in your subconscious or somewhere so that you can easily articulate it and say, I'm passionate about this and this. I'm going to do this. I don't want this kind of a job. I want this kind of freedom. By the time you get there, you need somebody who's clear in their purpose in life to guide you to get there. And that someone, of course, is you.
1: How beautiful. How beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, Alice. I feel so honoured and so proud, you know, to have walked that journey with you. And looking at where you're at right now, I'd want to speak a little bit into that. Mm-hmm. That was in the year 2016. We are in the year 2021. Mm-hmm. Please bring us to speed where you are right now. It's five years later, right? Yes. And I just want the, our audience, I want our listeners to hear where is Alice right now?
0: Okay. So um, 2016, maybe just to give history, by the time I was leaving the bank, I think I left at the worst possible moment because we were in an election year and then we went into another second election uh, because the elections were disputed. So we had a gap of around eight months of no entrepreneurship activities happening. Yes. And that is the time I left the bank. So, of course, every plan I had put, every business plan, every idea needed to be changed to adopt to the crisis that I found myself in. And I remember um, part of what kept me going was the reality check of every single time. Meeting with you as my coach at that moment And telling you, okay, I left the bank. I'm trying to do this business of uh, consultancy. However, with the situation right now in the country, business is almost impossible. We are focusing on elections. Um, It's been eight months. What else can I do? And you guiding me on how to create my brand. At this moment when it's low, this is when you put Content out. This is when you start structuring how do you want your trainings to look like? Are they going to be group trainings? How much do you charge? Who are you targeting? That clarity moment and and, and trying to package myself and keep on talking about whatever it is that you're doing helped me a lot because I was able to get some programs to do while I'm waiting to launch my, 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 my business. And through those networks, I've been able so far to get to where I am today, where I'm supporting different nonprofit uh, organizations that are supporting either youth or women. And my role there is to upskill them with business skills, uh, credit, uh, upskill them with financial literacy, because that is not taught in school, so that people know, how do I manage my money? How do I plan? How do I invest? Where should I invest? And then bringing the expertise I have from the bank so that I'm also able to help them uh, navigate the debt arena where you're leveraging debt and you're making use of debt to create wealth instead of not being aware what to do and then you end up in a debt hole. So where I am right now, I'm I'm grateful, I'm thankful uh, because uh, over the years I've been able to serve uh, quite a number of youth, quite a number of women, and um, seeing them transform and change and change the lives of those around them really is fulfilling. I wish there were more people to do and serve with the skills that
1: they have so that they change society. Exactly, and that's why this next level on purpose podcast is here to support women to understand that there are so many areas that we can leverage on if Mm -hmm. only we give ourselves permission to do the work. Alice, I want to talk to you about uh, what you just shared about adaptability in times of crisis. You did mention that when you left the bank, election year, no money coming in for the first eight months, and I, you know. I, would, I can imagine how much anxiety was probably creeping up to you. Mm-hmm. And I know that you came out on the other side so much stronger. Mm-hmm. Would you want to talk to us a little about how some of the techniques that you used to adapt in times of crisis?
0: Um, I would say every so often it's important to have a routine of evaluating your surrounding and evaluating your plans. So that you have a working, iterating plan in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you have a plan and you're saying in the next one month, I'm going to do four adverts, um, one advert a week. I'll target this particular kind of client and then I'll attend one networking event. Then I'll do this. So it's very clear when you're planning. But when you hit the ground and there's a crisis, whether it's a terror attack or it's politics or whatever it is that will happen, or it's COVID, we've locked down and and we're not moving. So you have no engagements, no networking events to go to. What is it that you can do to still send the message out there and serve your customer? So being ready to learn new ways of doing business is critical. Being ready to work with people who are already doing it. Collaborate with people. There's probably somebody who's very good in technology or very good in uh, social media, and you are not aware what is social media because you are doing your business manually wherever you are. Now you need to adapt to it because probably your customers are online. Then partner with somebody who's very good at it, they're passionate at it, Agree on the terms of your engagement and then see, try out, see how will it work for your business? Because in business, it's all about trying new things, changing new in in how you're doing things. And then it works. It works. But the only thing that is very constant in in a crisis is change. You have to change everything. Anytime you're facing a crisis, you need to keep changing, change your process, change your ideas, change how you're approaching customers change how you're appreciating your customers, change.
1: Just keep changing, keep learning, keep growing. The most important thing in crisis is change. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a tweetable (laughs) by the lovely Alice Mishira. Alice, we better tweet that, right? But the most important thing in terms of crisis is change. And as we continue with this conversation, I'd want to talk a little about what has made you most proud to date. What are you really proud of right now that you can say that this has made me proud? And, you know, this could be in your personal life. This could be in your business. Just speak to us about that. Okay. Um, What
0: has made me proud? I think I'm proud of who I've become. I am proud of how I am with the people around me. Yes. I'm proud that I'm intentional. Mm. I'm very intentional in everything that I do. I'm proud of my little tiny steps. I'm proud of that. The fact that I hold myself to account and I didn't give up and I pushed through and I'm still here today with, uh, of course, divine intervention and prayer and, and, and God coming through, but also just putting my my foot forward, knocking doors that people don't dare to knock. Showing up the other, the other week, we just decided we are doing a conference in two weeks. We said, let's go and knock at the minister's door. And we went. Without an appointment, we knocked. We said, we want to do this for the youth. We know you have a budget. How much are you paying? the youth, How much are you sponsoring? And he was very shocked. He was like, we need more people like you to be coming and, and saying, this is your mandate. We are doing it for you. How do we partner? So it's it's waking up, pushing yourself and daring to be present.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. It's, it's that energy and, and
1: confidence to
0: become. That's what I'm proud about. I love
1: that. The becoming. And, you know, as you've spoken, you've made me realize that that statement, there's a quote, you know, a quote that says something like, fortune favors the brave, right? Knocking on doors that nobody else will dare, right? And one of the things that I have created around my own brand, as you may know, is dare to mean that you dream audaciously and you receive expectantly, dare, dream audaciously, receive expectantly. And every time you take that brave step, However scary it is, it is leading you closer and closer to your next level. There is a unique purpose and divine calling that only you can feel in this world. As a trailblazing professional, it is very likely that you are extremely gifted. You have a lot of talents, skills, and experiences that you bring to the table. You are multi-passionate and have lots and lots of bright ideas and amazing contributions to share with the world. But sometimes you feel very overwhelmed as you're not too sure where to start and what to focus on. You need a clear strategy and a step-by-step action plan to support you. Do not worry, I get it. Why? Because I was there. Your purpose is as unique as you are and will definitely evolve as you move through life. And sometimes it's the most unconventional path that could lead you to your true north. This journey can sometimes be very hazy and ambiguous, and you'll find that you desire to have someone who gets it. A companion on this journey, someone objective, non-judgmental, but knowledgeable, Someone who took their own leap of faith into the unknown and came out safely on the other side to walk closely with you. Someone compassionate, but also unbiased, who can really help you see your areas of strength and help you figure out what and where to pay attention to. Help you see your blind spots and what to leverage on in whichever season of life you're in. If you're serious about creating your life by design, not by default, then let's speak. Please go to the show notes and you'll find a link to schedule your 30-minute complimentary clarity call with me. Go on, do it. Best decision you will make. least I want to take you back a little. When you were speaking, something came to my mind, and it is when you're leaving your corporate job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most people are very unaware that there are some skills that you gathered in your corporate job Mm -hmm. that are called the the transferable skills. They're skills that you got when you were in your banking career that Mm -hmm. are now very relevant in your current calling in business. Please share with us some of the transferable skills that you've been able to take with you. Because most people are like, oh, I don't think I'm going to carry anything from my corporate job. Or to, uh, what a waste this will be. And I want you to, to debunk that myth. I want you to just show us that there are skills that you carried with you from mm-hmm. your corporate to your uh, entrepreneurial life now mm-hmm. that are really helping you move forward. Please share with us some of these. Okay, first I'll start with, for anybody
0: who is in corporate, you are so blessed, you have no idea. Most of the people who've never worked in a corporate organization or in any kind of formal workspace, they lack the orderness of how things should be done. And when you come into the entrepreneurship or the business world, there's a lot of haphazardness in how people do things. They don't think, plan, and then execute. They run. And then when they get in the middle, they realize, oh my goodness, I should have considered this. Then they go back. So when you're coming from an organization or a company that has procedures and it has um, rules and it has um, operation guidelines, They might seem stringent when you're working there, but when you get to your company, however small it is, it is those key things that you'll find yourself putting in place that will differentiate you from any other person doing business. I'm sharing this because the same quality of service I was offering my customers in the bank, the same documentation I needed them to sign, I need you to sign here so that we can move money. I need you to sign for me, send me email instructions so that I can execute. It's the same order I brought to my business. So before I engage you as a client, I need you to sign an NDA. I need you to sign a contract. And then if you're to pay me, wire money into an account. So that I am not caught in between trying to remember, did you give me cash? Did you send M-Pesa? What exactly happened in between? And professionalizing my business has really like, made it so easy for others to refer me. Because I get a lot of referrals when someone is saying, I need a consultant or I need somebody to do a paper for me or to do a business analysis for me. Then they're told, why don't you work with Alice? Why are you getting frustrated? You have conversations with your consultant on phone and they keep forgetting because I'll document everything. That's how I was wired to operate.
1: Mm. Yeah. So
0: in business, documentation helps so that at the point where a client is declining, giving you instructions or they're disputing to pay, you have a track record. Yes. So if you need to to litigize it and and, and seek legal counsel, you already have documentation that will enable your lawyer to work with. If you need to set up a business, for example, in a marketplace or a place that is a bit high risky, then you needed to consult an insurance advisor earlier before you set up so that they tell you in this area you need a cover for this. And then probably this place normally has fires, so you need to cover this. And once you take that protection, when it happens, you have a cushion. So you're not that business person who shows up, starts doing business, and then you're caught with one bad morning and you're done. No, it's those key things that in corporate entities and in most businesses that are very structured, they have they have insurance, they have a legal department, or at least they they outsource legal advice. They have an auditor or an accountant who looks at their books. So they never have really. Unnecessary tax issues, running away from the regulators. You need these kind of things, even if you're running a small business. You need to find a network of people who can advise you and guide you so that you're doing business in an orderly way, in a peaceful, mentally satisfying way. Yeah? So that you're not always fearing the regulator is going to come, I'm going to be caught. In Kenya, we call now people are scared of KRA, KRA is our tax um regulator yes mm-hmm. so mm. people are like oh my god they've introduced a new tax i'm not too sure i'm supposed to pay but they they are not willing to find out and we have so many auditors around who can easily guide you and and, and sort your 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 accounts properly for you so that you pay whatever season needs to get paid and you're okay and you do your business so those are the key things that say i moved and then of course the customer service mm. serving customers well giving them a good experience and and making them feel valued, wanted, cared for and listened
1: to. That is exceptional. You know, Alice, I'm so proud of you because what I, you know, especially you having been my very first client at the beginning Mm -hmm. and seeing that you've implemented so many things that are important in a business. Mm -hmm. Most people do not understand the importance of systems and processes. Mm -hmm. You know, you work in an organization and you have SOPs, right, to have standard operating procedures and and people take those things as as you said, oh, why are they making these things so difficult? But now when you've moved into your own business you've seen how easy it is for you because you understand the need for compliance yes. you understand the need for and you know ndas you know mm-hmm. you see the importance of customer service for me uh, having worked just like you in the bank we have so many similarities right yeah. i think one of the most essential things i took just like you is the importance of customer service because a delighted customer is the best mm-hmm. customer you can ever have because they will refer you over and oh over God. and over again, and then you also talked into the importance of of um, operating in an ethical way, giving to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, having contracts, and when all these things are put together, you know, we could have a whole podcast, uh, and I'm sure we can do this in future, Anli, so we can talk about some of these important things to lay down, you know, the legal pieces and all this, and mm-hmm. and when you have all these things structured and laid out. What you're doing is creating for yourself a business that will scale.
0: Yes,
1: A business that if Alice decided to walk out today and sell it, she will sell it for you know millions of shillings yes. because the, the, the structures are already in place and the buyer or the person who is coming to take over, all they need to do is be told this is what has been happening mm-hmm. and the transition or the takeover will be extremely smooth. So I'd want to encourage all entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, to really take a note of what we've just shared, because that is some serious, valuable information that Alice has shared with us. Alice, I want to hear from you. What are some of the practices that you put in, you know, just in your day to day? Like perhaps, is it a morning routine that you have? What are some things that you put in that are not necessarily business oriented that give you the motivation and the 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 psych right to keep going you know for example for me every so often in between my day and this i go for a walk even if it's for half an hour in between my day sometimes i'll just go sit with my computer in a coffee shop grab a book for 45 minutes in my own little world. And that really gives me so much joy as I run my business, right? What are some of the things that you incorporate into your life that make your business so much more juicier, so much more exciting every day? Okay. Wow.
0: So I, I, I always keep saying that um, I was privileged to meet you when you were starting your coaching because I feel like you outpoured yourself into me and some things you taught me, you might have, they might have not even been part of the course or part of the coaching program, but it's also because I was hungry. I was too hungry. I needed to, to absorb. So there's one Mm -hmm. thing that you, it's like you unlocked a bulb, a bulb of how do I remain productive? How do people actually become productive? So you shared some principles around, um, chunking out time, yeah? And, and, and silencing your world so that you can focus and work. And I remember, I think it was called the Pareto Principle or it's the 80-20 rule. Yes. Yeah? Yes. I'm trying to remember. You're right. But how I took it, for me, it meant looking at my life. I have every single day 24 hours. So I need at least a minimum of six hours of sleep. And I told myself, I need to go to bed to sleep when I am tired, not when I'm looking for sleep. Cause that's wasting time. Yes. I need to go to bed to sleep, meaning at least in one hour's time I should have slept. Yeah. So in my structure of time, I i have divided my, my day into 24 hours. And then I go to bed between um, 9 p.m. and 3, around 3. And then I'm awake. So when, once I wake up at three, I do my, my morning prayer and then I journal, I do my gratitude list. Um, I Since I started doing my gratitude, by the way, things it's like you get into a certain zone where you're colliding yeah. with more things to be grateful for. So I, I always ensure I do my gratitude. And then once I'm done with that, I My day starts. So I go, I I exercise. I don't do very vigorous exercise. I just do something that can make my heart pump and push blood in my head. So that's just aerobics I do in the house. And then I I take my warm water. I go sit outside and just listen to the birds. By that time, it's around 4.30. It's still dark. It's around 4.35 Mm a.m. So I just sit outside, listen to the birds, wait for the sun to come up as I think to myself, as I I imagine how my day will be. Yes, That is, I already have a calendar, but I'm I'm imagining what are the amazing things that could happen today? Hmm, How would it feel? And then I just envision it and, and sit there with my thoughts, think about how the week has been or the day before. What is it I'll do different today? Yesterday, what is it that I missed? I just do an analysis. And then I come in, do breakfast. Prepare for kids to go to school and my day starts. But what makes it possible for me to keep track and to continue is a scheduling system a simple Google calendar Mm. where I have scheduled every single moment time to drink tea, time to take a glass of water, time to, and it comes as a meeting a lot. For me, I've intentionally put that. For every day. And then weekends, I have a whole chunk of time where I need to talk to my siblings. It's intentional. So I get that reminder, I call them and we chat endlessly for like an hour and catch up. What's happening? How are your kids? So that I'm intentionally, like I'm very intentional with my time. Yes. Yeah. And and that has allowed me to balance it out so that at around 5 p.m. in the evening. I, I've started to slow down. I need to do homework probably with the child, so that by six we are done with that, and they can go do their thing, and I can start doing my evening consultancies.
1: Beautiful. It's clear to me that the next level on purpose demands intentionality. You have to be very intentional with your time. You have to be very intentional even with your relationships, right? You have to be very intentional with your faith. You have Mm -hmm. to be very intentional with your finances. Mm -hmm. You have to be very intentional even with your philanthropic efforts. And I wanted to talk a little into philanthropy right now, because I know that's an area um, that is very important to you as we wind down our conversation. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear from you, Alice, because one of the things I know about the ladies I work with, and especially you having been my very first. Client, you talked to me about the importance of philanthropy in your life, and you kept saying to me, Joanne, I have to give my business, whatever it does, it has to give. And I have seen it, but I want you to tell our listeners and our audience talk to us about the importance of philanthropy and what philanthropic efforts your business is involved in right now. Okay, so
0: um, my purpose in life is to help women. Create wealth. That is why God created me. Ooh, clarity of purpose. Yes. Is there. Yes. That is my purpose. But then, as much as I'm focusing on women to create wealth, there are those who cannot even like they they need more than the information on how to save. They need to start from a point of, okay, how do I start making $1? They are those who live among us. And then there's the gap I'm seeing in the future, we might end up with people who are now youth who have no clue where they're heading because there's somebody somewhere who's not doing their job. Either the parent is too busy, so they're not being nurtured, Or the the people they're interacting with are not giving them the right guidance they need so that they can leverage their skills and their opportunities. So the second philanthropic focus for me intentionally is youth. Why I'm doing this is because I intentionally said and purposed in my life every single amount of money that I make in my business, because it's a purpose-driven business, 30% 30% of that amount goes for philanthropy. So that has been structured in such a way that it goes either to women programs or women and widows, or it goes to youth programs. The, then when I started, I started small, like probably I only have $50 to pay for transport, to go to some orphanage in Maralal, for instance. And I'm going to that orphanage to talk to these kids, sit with them for like 10 days, impact them with business skills, change their mindset, show them as much as you're an orphan, you're able to become something. And this is how you'll you'll do something with yourself. And, And then after 10 days, I come back. So I count that time for me, as I told you. Everything is intentional. So I count the time, how much would I have made per day and then I've given it to this. And for me, I'm counting it as a, as a in corporate, we call it CSR. In, in business world, we might say it's philanthropy or givings or tidings, whatever name you want to give it. But for me, it's very intentional. And once I started doing it, that's how the other partners came on board because someone would hear. There's this lady who just decides and closes shop and goes and starts serving people and she wants nothing in return. And they're like, okay, how can we partner? We have these funds, can we structure a program? And then we do this for this region. There are those who want to do medical care. There are those who want to support women. For example, the program I'm doing with the US embassy, it's it's basically them seeing my philanthropy work and then saying, you have business skills, you're a business consultant, are you able to come and train? Women, we will fund it. And then they look at the budgets that they have and we agree, and then they bring the women. So you find in a year we do close to around 200, 300 women wow. who are being trained, but it's being funded by now this um, embassy department. And then I'm bringing my skills and, and many other uh, foundations that I've worked with. It's more synergies, collaborations, and it is. My purpose meeting other connections out there to serve. I, I think it's important to give so that it comes back. Like it's.
1: it's yeah. Yes, and it's a ripple effect, isn't it? It's like, is, it is. you know, the yeah. more we pour into others, mm-hmm. the more God blesses us, the more opportunities come into us. So mm-hmm. 30% is very generous, and kudos to that, Alice. So, our, as we come to the last couple of questions that I want to ask you, Alice, I want to hear from you. I know you have, you have a wealth of experience, you really have studied and done so many things, but what are three resources that you'd recommend to our listeners? They could be books, they could be, you know, uh, materials that you've read or listened to that you like, but, you know, could be, it's up to you. What are three resources that you've listened to or had in the last few months that you're like, this is golden, or in the last year, this is so powerful, and you'd want to share with the ladies? And maybe some few gents listening. So the first uh, three books, I'd say.
0: There's one book called "You Were Born Rich." Bob Proctor is a bible around money, and it is, and it's one of those books you don't read to finish. You read for revelation and for understanding. And then as you continue applying, understanding how money works and everything, it changes. Um, your, your money realm. The second uh, book I, I like is Atomic Habits. It's a recent read for me. And it's basically focusing on compounding activities, small, tiny pieces of activities in your life. Over time, they compound into something uh, big. So it could be a new habit that you will create and say, um, every time I go to the washroom, I will do two squats. Every time. Yes. I'll just do two squats. I can't exercise. I can't find it in my time. Every time I use the bathroom, I'll do two squats. Over the year, you'll have done 365 times two squats. So it's, it's just compounding. Every time I wake up, I'll take a glass of water. And then you'll have drunk a glass of water every day. So it's just, it's an amazing book. I love The Atomic uh, Habits. And then the one thing that gave me a true north is essentialism. it's yes. a book called essentialism. Yes, Essentialism is on a different level. What is essential in your life? Have you figured it out? What is important? And then align your life around that so that you avoid distractions. So those are the three books I'd share. In terms of um, other nuggets, I'd say be intentional on podcasts you listen to. Schedule time to listen to podcasts that are aligned to where you want to go. Um, And then avoid sitting on people's timelines online. Create your content. Go online intentionally. Share what is aligned to who you want to be or what you want to be known for. And then that time of sitting and reading people's conversation, use it to
1: enrich yourself. That is so powerful. I always tell my clients that you should be more of a creator than a consumer, right? You should be a creator. Spend less time consuming. You need to. Mm. What you're learning, do not hold it. Use it, you know, because people are just holders of information. They're listening to this Mm. podcast, reading all these books getting all this information, but doing nothing with it. And you said something that I love. You said, read for revelation and understanding, but I'll also add, read for revelation and understanding, but also for you to go around, exactly, to apply. Yes, apply. Right? Because you can get all this information, but if you're not using it, it's really wasted, It's really wasted. It's useless. It's for nothing. So I just want to reiterate the three books that she read. uh, She said. I love um, them all. I have read them all. You're Born to be Rich or You're Born Rich by Bob Proctor is, as she said, a Bible around money. It's not a book that you just read and consume. She also talked about Atomic Habits, which we studied in a book club that I ran for my membership. The Dear Sister Circle yeah. called Atomic Habits. It's by James Clear, an absolutely wonderful mm. resource. And then the third book that she shared with us is Essentialism. I forget the author, but it's another phenomenal book that really shows you what really is essential, what really matters. So Alice, as we come to the, to the tail end of our conversation, as we wrap this up, I want to ask you, what's next for you? We've talked about that journey through the five years. Mm. Share with me, share with our listeners, what does the journey in the next five years-ish, you know, mm-hmm. look like for you? What do you see yourself in 2026, Alice? Okay.
0: So in 2026, I'm reading um, a book called Do the Hard Things. So Doing the Hard Things is a CEO's manual on how to run a, an idea business all the way until you IPO it, okay? So it's it's the crisis you face. It's the kind of board meetings you need to have. It's the relationships you need to build. It's the people management and employee relations you need to do. Um, so for me, because I'm seeing in my vision, I'm seeing my business growing globally. and the levels I'm seeing it going, I need to have in, ingrained in myself that level of thinking. Okay. So I'm looking, right now I'm looking at Alice becoming the next Jeff Bezos. Ooh, I love it. So how will I be thinking? Who will I be talking to? how will i be managing my clients my my employees my partners what kind of crisis management skills will i need when i'm faced with a crisis who will be my company secretary who will that's 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 what i'm 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 working towards that's where i'm seeing my business going in the next 5 years and as you said i dare to dream and
1: actualize And I want to do the hard things. You want to do the hard things. You want to dare and you want to actualize. Yes. Alice, I'm winding this up. And I want to thank you so very much for not only being my first client, but honoring me on my podcast, right? Being here to share with us, you know, so clearly what it means to move into the next level on purpose. Mm -hmm. Alice's information will be shared in the show notes. Please make sure you follow her on social media. Make sure you contact her. Make sure uh, you know, you get to know her a little more because I can tell you for a fact that this is a woman that you need to watch out for. World watch out because this girl, where she's going, this young lady, she is definitely a trailblazing professional woman who is going to rock the world in the financial sector, in the economic sector. You, Alice, are a person not to be reckoned with. And I'm here to support you, you as you move to the next level. So thank you so much for being with us. And Alice, mm-hmm. one sentence that you that you would want us to end this podcast with to the ladies listening that, you know, saying to themselves, I want to move to the next level on purpose. Give them just one word of advice. What would you tell them that if you're sitting on your deathbed and you're like, this is the last message I want to give. Give us that word Alice. The one word I'd want to
0: say is choose. Choose yourself. Choose yourself and decide this is who you're going to become. And then commit to hold on, to continue, regardless of how hard it becomes. Continue. Continue choosing yourself. Love yourself. Take care
1: of yourself. Choose you. Become you. Wow. Choose you. Become you. Thank you, Alice Mishira. It has been a delight having you on the podcast. I cannot wait to have you again and again. Thank you, Alice. Thank you, Joanne. Definitely see you in and around the streets of our beautiful podcast, Mm -hmm. The Next Level on Purpose podcast. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. Thank you.